and welcome. Welcome to Trucking Answers. It's Mark, your humble host, the hostess with the mostess. And I'm here with my co-host, Gracie, who was just here a minute ago, and I actually don't know where she went. I think she'll be back soon. She's very orange, and she has a lot to say about what's going on. Today in this unabridged version of the show, we will have some trucking news, some automotive news, and yet another reason why we don't live on Mars. Do you know why we aren't living on Mars, where we should all be living? Because there's too many dumb, stupid, idiot, moronic, dumb people on this planet, yes, dumb squared, that have to be taken and fed dry cheese sandwiches because they're dumb, stupid idiots. And that wastes all of our money, our money, as J.J. Walker says on those commercials, if you've seen them. And that's why we don't live on Mars right now. And this podcast allows me to talk about other things as well, because truck drivers aren't just truck drivers, right? Even though it's a lifestyle, as people with cowboy boots and chain drive wallets tell me. But there's lots of other things going on, and I get to expound and expand on them here. Because YouTube would be very upset if I said things there that upsets all their people that they then have to go to a safe space. So here I want to welcome everybody, including all you breakfast tacos, to the show. Yes, we're going to talk about what she said today, <laughs> among several other things, as we get into the show. What do you think about that, Gracie? Gracie thinks that's a good idea. So, Jill Biden, um, speaking... <laughs> Speaking to a group of what she calls Latin X, which is ridiculous people, said these are something to the effect these are great people like breakfast tacos. Oh, oh Jill Biden. Kind of like, you know, other things that this uh, does. And, you know, I don't think she's even racist for saying that, calling people breakfast tacos. Uh, these people have great breakfast tacos. I mean, you know, I'm in for a good breakfast taco. But here's the thing she's not racist she's just so out of touch and that goes across the board for a lot of politicians they just don't even realize how life really is for most people in the country you know uh they just don't so i think in honor of jill biden we should all go and get a breakfast taco <laughs> tomorrow uh in honor of her and uh, her being an idiot now she's a doctor as she likes to be called which i would never call it in person now uh, but she has a phd and she has no idea about anything and is this somebody you want teaching you or your kids anything you know about maybe how to make a breakfast taco might be the only thing that she could actually teach you how to do all right so the uvalde murder down there which is what it was they've released part of a videotape more of it will be out later here have you seen it if not please go find your local news station and go look at it there's a five minutes or so have been released they're going to release all 77 minutes these are tapes from inside the school in the hallways which i'll tell you what i didn't know there were many cameras in the hallways of the schools uh but there are and so <laughs> I, I just don't i just don't understand it I, I don't get it you know that everybody stood there this is exactly how things happen i was just doing my job is never a good excuse for anything when you're when what you're doing is wrong if you watch the videotape, do you see the cop using the hand sanitizer station? I guess the Fouch would be happy. Use the hand sanitizer. But other than, that's an excellent impersonation, by the way. I'm, I, he'll probably even think it was him. So I have to tell people that's just me doing an impersonation. So he's got time to use hand sanitizer. Another cop is looking at his phone 
Do you see the screensaver on his phone? What does it look like to you? To me, it looks like the Punisher. All right. The pun remember the Punisher? Yeah, the Punisher. Doesn't he kill a bunch of cops? And also, he just kills Judge Dredd style. Really, not even Judge Dredd. He kills people without a trial or anything like that. And is that who you want? And what is the thing about it is? Now, listen to this. The, now, watch the video. The cop that is looking at his phone has his gun out. Okay? So, I would suggest this from a weapon safety perspective. If you have time to look at your phone, you should put your gun away. Right? Never be doing anything with a gun other than looking exactly at what you're going to shoot. Period. All right? Gun safety. You do not have a weapon out. If you're doing anything else except, you know, shooting or getting ready to shoot something with that weapon, that's it. Okay, and here's the thing. If it's so casual in there that you can put your phone out, I mean, what's going on? And the other guy sanitizing, using the hand sanitizer, that was probably the most incredible thing that I've ever seen in my life. They got time to check their phone. And what somebody said, I can't take credit for this, although it's hilarious, is uh, some he was probably marking himself safe from a school shooting on there, on Facebook, on his Facebook account. Really something. And the other guy, well, you know, got the COVID out there. We still got to keep her. Before I do anything, we got to get our hands sanitized. This, it, it's a sad day. And, you know, from a police family, I, I'm usually a generally a big police supporter, but there, there can't be any excuse for this. There can't. There's dozens of police in there. There can be no excuse to just let somebody stay in a classroom full of kids. Everybody goes in there immediately, right? And if you die, you die. That is your job. That is what you're paid to do. That's why they call you. Because what is? What do all the liberals tell me? Oh, you don't need a gun. Call the police. Okay. Here we call the police. What happens? We need a classroom of kids shot up. Okay, we get a classroom of kids dead and the police standing around sanitizing their hands. What they're really probably trying to do is clean the stink off of them. Every one of them cops should be fired. Every last one of them, okay, that went in that school should be completely fired. Why are they still police? You, the excuse that I was doing my job is not, it cannot be an excuse. I was told to do this or whatever. This, I was ordered to do that. Well, you know what? What if I ordered you to just shoot random people? Could you do that? Well, no, Mark. I can't do that because it's not right. Well, look, if you tell me that you can't follow certain orders, then here again, we can't follow orders here. It's either yes or no. If you're told by your superiors, every fifth person you stop, murder them. Okay, shoot them. Well, Mark, that's, that's illegal. You can't do that. That's not right. Well, here, when they say, you know, don't go in there. We're going to get this all figured out. Be sure to sanitize your hands and... You know, you guys got time to check through your WhatsApp messages and maybe watch a few TikTok videos. Um, you know, what, what are we doing? I, I just don't understand men, uh, I guess, anymore. There are not that many men left, but I just don't understand men standing around outside when they've taken an oath to protect and defend the population. The people have called them. Okay, we know there's a shooter because he was seen outside. And here's why is this cop asking? So apparently, also, a cop had him in his sights outside the school. Could have killed him. He's got to ask for permission. Why do we have to ask for permission? This is why we hire officers. This bothers me in trucking and everywhere else. Okay, all the way up to here. 
you hire you should hire people and let them do their job so if that cop he shoots him he, sh he should have shot him right outside that school and that'd be the end of this okay that would be the end of it but no he gets in and we got a bunch of cops standing around being idiots i'd fire every last one of them okay they should be banned from basically being in the united states just if people are willing to do this is why i know that the country's on the decline because if somebody just tells you to do something boom everybody goes and does it oh i don't care i'll just go do it because what's in the news again of course from cnn right you know you should go read cnn every once in a while or it's hilarious it's it's better than garfield <laughs> i mean at least there's no question about what uh that is I said, well, you know what? We're looking at the numbers, and maybe it's time for everybody to mask up again. Let's go talk to some experts, and I'm in air quotes here. Uh, let's ask this uh, two-month-old baby what they think, and let's, uh, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's just complete ridiculous. And then we go to two more stories here that are that are not relate. They're related only by what they are, but they're not related to each other. And you probably heard about these in uh, this guy 73 years old some say 72 okay he gets beat to death with a road cone all right one of those orange cones by six juveniles now two of them it said turn themselves in one is 10 freaking years old and the other one is 14 they're going to charge the 14 year old with murder i don't think they'll get it bumped up to adult court it's very tough at 14 they should this is at like two in the morning Okay. And the other one's 10. They're not going to charge him with anything. Release him to his parents. Holy mackerel. Where were the parents to start with? Here's some more people that should be sterilized. Okay. Why is your 10-year-old out at night murdering people with a road cone? And yeah, look, think about those road cones. A full-size road cone. If I started beating you on the head with it, I could kill you with it. For sure. People don't realize a lot of things around you, they're pretty good weapons. You know? cops oh you can't have a knife well i don't care i can kill you with a lot of different things including a road cone and that's exactly what they did with this guy and you know nobody deserves that kind of an ending especially from kids a 10 year old where are the parents why are they not charged with murder parents should be charged with murder and then in another story in chicago this was just like yesterday depending when you listen to this i guess a lady is carjacked by an 11 year old who's armed with a revolver which looked like a 357 to be honest with you didn't say what it was so that's what it looked like to me why and this is at 3:45 in the morning why is your 11 year old out carjacking people at 3:45 in the morning and the wife and i talked about that and she's like well maybe their parents are on drugs i go look there's no dad for sure all right and the mom is out hooking or on drugs or who knows what that would be what my what i would think and this gangs might use this kid because they know nothing's going to happen to him and that's what the police have said they want to find him but you know they're not going to charge him that's crazy something something here's more people that need to be sterilized these parents and we got no dad of course, to, you know, rein in a boy who's 11, you know, to rein in that, all that energy to channel it in the right way. And so he need and his mom is useless, maybe siblings, probably, right? And uh, he needs a family and people in the street are his family. And that's, that's a problem. That's where 
the focus is, right? Guns aren't the problem. Okay, did he have a gun? Yeah. But is the gun the problem? I mean, I told you I've been watching my guns since a lot of this started, and I've watched them now for a while pretty closely, and uh, they haven't gone to do anything to anybody. They're just still sitting there waiting. You know, maybe they'll get together later and do something, but it's always the person. I always tell you that from from even from self-defense, right? Even if somebody has a weapon against you, it's them that you have to neutralize them, not the weapon, right? You need to stop them from shooting you. You don't need to stop the weapon from doing anything. We need to stop. And what are we going to do? What are liberals going to do now? Ban road cones? I'm serious, and I'm serious about that. Well, we, you know, people are starting to get killed with road cones, so we have to ban that. And uh, you know, no. How about how about parents? How about we take care of our 11-year-olds and make sure they're not out at night to uh, kill people? Well, Mark, they could sneak out, uh, you know, anymore. I don't know. You can alarm the doors, which I, I did when we had kids at home. I had it. It was an early one. But it was from Radio Shack, of course. I bought so much stuff from Radio Shack, and it was uh, like kind of sent out like inf- not ult- kind of ultrasonic around the house. We didn't have a cat at that point, and so and I pointed it at the stairs. So if you came down the stairs, you set that off, right? And I had window things, so if the window opened, you set off an alarm. Okay, and so the first person down the stairs set the alarm off and had to go turn it off, and that was that was how that one had to work. Because they didn't have, there wasn't a phone or whatever for it to call you, but you couldn't get out of my house without me knowing about it. All right, and well, Mark, they could have snuck out. Well, I guess, but we kept everybody in the house, and you know, kind of try to teach at least a little bit of uh, morality. Hopefully, um, so far none of them have killed anybody that I know of, and haven't had to bail anybody out. So I'm happy about that. But to, and when when you were 11, let's ask this: when you were 11, I mean, we all did dumb stuff, right? I told you I used to throw fluorescent tubes at trains which you can't do anymore because you can't find the tubes that people would throw out in the garbage and didn't break i'd throw my trains but me and my friend but um who's i won't release his name here but because i think the statute's over though would you have done this as an 11 year old as when you were 11 would you think you know what uh yeah i think i'll go carjack um you know somebody think i'll just uh, do that uh and you know yeah it's a different life or whatever but I, you know i grew up in hammond outside chicago and that yeah it can be but it's all it's all in your home man it's all and what's put into you at your house your parents so important to people you know that's why i always rail against this and people just go go get pregnant with any yahoo women will just talk to any shmeal that walks down the street any idiot you know before before you even speak to a guy other than hello right before it gets any further than do you want to go out you know do you have a job (laughs) do you have a car in your name do you have car insurance in your name a phone in your name a place to live in your name you know that and a job okay that pays more than minimum wage that you've been at more than 15 minutes all right and all those and all those things need to happen if you're living in your mom's basement Okay, and that you're not an adult yet. If you if you are on their phone plan, you're not an adult. Go get Mint Mobile, man. Twenty five dollars a month. Okay, if you there, oh well, I'm just going to stay on their insurance. You're not an adult yet. Go get your own insurance. Okay, you drive their car. If your car's broke down, you can come borrow their car. 
But when they you don't have a car and you just drive their car because you don't have a car, no. Oh, you're not dating material yet. So you're certainly not adult material where you should be having a kid, for cripes sakes. Cripes, and I don't mean to use cripes. You know, I'm going to have to put an explicit warning on this now because of that. But sometimes it has to be said. That kind of stuff is just, just ridiculous. Society, we need to fix this now because there's tons of these stories all over the country of this kind of garbage happening. There were kids in Chicago, it was Chicago again. They were out in their underwear, which I don't understand, all right? Uh, <laughs> and they were spitting at the cops. Cops are telling them, hey, go inside. I get, because you can actually wear underwear outside, you know? Um, and they're spitting at the cops and stuff. Oh, my God. If I would have done that, I cannot imagine my dad, this nightstick that I have, his nightstick, uh, <laughs> would have been, you know, inserted in a way that would be probably unpleasant to me, to say the least. You know, would have never even considered or crossed my mind, you know, uh, to do that. And so I keep that nightstick still here. Gosh, it's probably 60 years old now or more. Really, really something where, you know, respect and that kind of thing is not put into people anymore. And it has to be put into kids. You can't put it into people after they're adults. It's very hard to get it in. You got to get this in early. Got to get this in early. That's why I've always... You know, I've always mandated for testing in that before you're allowed to procreate. Because, uh, you know, look what we get when it's just allowed willy-nilly like it is now. This is what you get. People that don't care. And this kid in Chicago, the wife said, well, you know what? Maybe he doesn't have any parents. Maybe he's staying with his grandparents or aunts or uncles or something. That's true, too. He could be in foster care. We don't know. I know this. I know this. He doesn't have a great home life. I'll tell you that without meeting anybody. If if they if we find out that this eleven year old has two parent his parents not two parents but his mom and dad are married, okay, not living together, not shacking up. I'm gonna doctor Laura on you, okay, married, and they've been married for at least twelve years, right? To have him, and they both, you know, they dad's got a good job, mom stays home. I'm not gonna hear that story, am I? And they live in the suburbs. That's not gonna be the story, though, is it? If it ever comes out at all. That is not going to be it. And I wish there were more stories like that because we'd have less of this. I shouldn't have to worry about some coming home late from work. Now i got to worry that some 11-year-old is going to try to carjack me. I mean, really? That's that's what I'm going to worry about? It was always the adults. Now i got to worry about fighting some kid. i got to go hands-on with some 11-year-old that's walking down the street. I guess i got to think about that. I mean, it's always a little bit in your mind, but... You know, you see a group of 10, 11-year-olds. I guess we got to get ready to, uh, you know, steal Tome in the face. Whatever you got to do. I don't understand it. I just don't know where we've gone. And when we have no men and we have people that stand around and say, I'm just doing what I'm told. And then we have, you know, people that will just procreate with anybody. We're, we're just on a collision course with disaster. Okay. It's like an appetite for destruction. And it's not great. So in Canada... Eh? Canada, eh? We've got some drivers griping that apparently once you go west, west, once you go west far enough in Canada, there's little parking, apparently. There's not that much parking. It would seem like there's a lot of parking because there's not that many people. There's a lot of land. So being from public school, to me, that means you can just park all over all this land. But apparently that is not the case. So what they're griping about in this article is there used to be a spot that 
I guess you could fit a lot of trucks in. But even according to the article, it says this is a private lot. Okay, it is not owned by the government. It is a privately owned space. And apparently, I know that you're going to find this amazing. The owner of the lot is sick of cleaning up a bunch of garbage. And that's what it said, garbage. I can imagine what type of garbage has been left in the lot. And this is always a problem. We create our own problem. So what did he do? He put out a bunch of Jersey barriers. Or I guess up there they'd be Quebec barriers. <laughs> Yellow knife barriers. Uh, get it? Because Jersey in the United States. Okay. Right. Poutine barriers. And blocked it off. And so now they're all saying, oh, now we don't have anywhere to park. We can't park in this lot. Look, you never had a right to park in that lot, right? It's a private lot, just like a Walmart or anywhere else here or any place can boot you out. I don't know what the rules in Canada are. Who knows? Uh, but they can boot you out. It's privately owned. You don't just get to park there because it's an open space. Now drivers are like, well, we have to park on ramps until the police get us up. You'd think you could hear them coming up to you, too, with that click clack of the horse hoofs on the ground but you know either way um look i watch uh you know i watch stuff i know stuff and so they're getting booted on there and have anywhere to park and they're, what they were griping about though is that the landowner blocked the lot off so that they can't park there and this is part of the problem too is that you know people feel like there's an entitlement like there's open space so i should get to use it no matter if i own it if i pay to use it if i even ask to use it because it's there I get to park there. All right. And I went out today and in the mall here, there was a car carrier parked up there. And I was surprised about that one. He only had two cars on there, probably going to be delivered and they're used. So he'll probably go to use some used lot around here. But there's this one truck parked in there. And I thought, you know what? He might get booted out of there because it's private. They don't, there are signs. It's signed up a lot and they boot trucks out of there all the time. You know, they make them leave. So he wouldn't have a right to park there and he would have no nothing to say well there was no other parking as we know they're building a loves here in lafayette indiana and there's the truck stop at the 168 but it only has maybe 10 spots in it and i would say it's really just a gas station with parking either way these canadians they are having a real uh poutine fest about this and i just don't get it i, I don't understand it it's private lot you don't get to park there end of story really right i mean private property has to be has to be the pinnacle of uh of what we do here i think now the george washington bridge for those of you that cross it every day and i do feel bad for you um you know i say a few words for you every every day i crossed it many times okay i've been across it many times haven't been across it in a long time but have been across there they're going cashless so uh, it's all electronic, and I cannot imagine the nightmare of this. What they're going to do, it'll work like the bridge in Louisville going to um, Kentucky from Indiana on I-65, is you will either get a transponder and you get a discount, or when you cross the bridge, they will mail you a bill in the mail. Now, I don't know if it'll work. Um, the bridge, the Riverlink, which is Riverlink going to Kentucky, works good, at least in a car, Okay. So whenever I crossed the bridge, like when I went to the truck show, uh, a couple weeks later, you can go on the site and you get to see a picture of your car. And I'll tell you, it's pretty clear. All right. And then within a couple more weeks, if you don't pay it, they mail you a bill in the mail. But I pay it online. Generally, I go on there and sign up. You can put your plate in there and say, hey, it, when, the, when the bill comes in, send me a text because it takes a little week or so. 
and they do, and then you can go on and pay it. But And you get like 60 days to pay it before there's an extra fee. Now, the GW Bridge, if you don't own the truck, it won't make any difference to you, right? It's like, we got a guy, which I don't understand companies do this, all right? Let's talk about a dumb thing companies do. So we have a guy that goes into Kentucky every day, okay? That's where he goes. People go different places. He has been going down there for a couple of years. They do not have a transponder for him, all right? So... But he's a company driver, and he because when he started, he's like, what should I do? I'm like, you should just drive over there and let them worry about it. You know, that's their problem. All this time, he has not, they not gotten a transponder to cross the bridge. And it's a considerable savings. Thousands of dollars over the years. Thousands and thousands of dollars. And they're willing to pay that. But, but when I say, hey, can I get an extra headlight to take with me? Because in case one of my headlights goes out, I'll just change it myself. Oh, no. Mark, you know how much headlights cost? Uh, for this truck, you know, like six bucks. It's just a halogen bulb. Because I don't have, uh, you know, I have an older truck. It doesn't have the LEDs in it. Oh, uh, well, yeah, but still, you know, what if we gave one to everybody? I'm like, you wouldn't have to give one to everybody because a lot of the trucks now have LEDs. But I don't have those on my truck because, like I said, I wanted a stick shift. So I took an older truck. Um and I just get a halogen bulb in there. Well, no, we can't do that. That's money. But they'll spend thousands of dollars over a year. You know, it's, I don't know, eight or ten bucks a day that they're spending to cross the bridge down there without a transponder. And I don't know what they do with the with the tolls or whatever. It wouldn't matter to me. You know, I'd cross it too. They send me down there. I cross the bridge. No transponder. Don't care. Don't care. The GW, they said they're eventually going to take all the toll booths out too. So uh, the problem is, you know, then people are just going to filter and it's going to be a big disaster. We'll see how that goes. And they rec they did caution. They came out and cautioned people and said, look, just because we take out the toll booths doesn't mean it's going to affect traffic in any way. There'll still be backups. They came out to say that. How about fixing that? Oh, right, because the bridge is 250 years old and there's like two lanes. And uh, you can't take both levels anymore. That could be another problem, too. Because I always used to take the lower level because I like looking... Uh, at the water and stuff, which you could see better from down there. As I used to go from, uh, here's a little side story, from O'Hare to JFK and JFK to Columbus, Ohio, and Columbus, Ohio back to O'Hare. That was a route. I did that route all the time. And I didn't understand. I personally, you know, God, a lot of things I don't understand. So we would pick up freight. Uh, you know, the company picked up freight at O'Hare. You'd go up there and pick up freight. And it went to JFK to different airlines so i'd have three or four stops usually so i'd go down the road there's like an industrial area back there so you go to alitalia and uh you know all these other ones you know euro air and whatever it was british airways and he'd stop off at each one and give them a pallet two pallets and then you went around the corner and picked up all the cookie sheets because the freight is loaded on a sheet that is the size of a trailer so i called them cookie sheets I had a roller bed trailer and you put the wheels up in the trailers, a bunch of wheels on the floor, and they rolled them all in. You put the wheels back down, and they went to Columbus. I don't know what they did with them there, but they would go down there, and you dropped them off. So that was pretty much fun. <laughs> and then you went to O'Hare empty and picked more freight up and just did that round and round. So I'd cross that bridge all the time. So I hear you on the bridge crossing. It's a disaster. I would go in at night. I always played New York, New York from Frank Sinatra. I always had that on cassette. So I would play that crossing the bridge and singing along with it because old Frankie's one of my favorites. Do, 
do 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 want me to sing it here uh hands show of hands oh no wait where's everybody going okay well we'll keep that maybe for a, a special karaoke episode of trucking answers but uh, maybe we could do that on the youtube too trucking answers youtube channel either way that's uh that's what would happen so they're going to take all the toll booths out and which will cause more traffic i guess as they take those out and everybody will still be stuck and you'll just pay online now if you own the truck I'd get a transponder if you're the one paying the tolls because it's going to come to wherever the plate goes. And how many people are going to cover their plate even more than do now? Bend the plate, put a piece of uh, you know cardboard over it or whatever. I still think there's a way to do that where the cops would never see it. People get busted all the time with this because they'll obscure the plate in a way that... Um, you know, it stays that way. So they'll put something over it, but then they continue to drive that way. Now, one guy did get busted with a rope. He could pull a rope from inside the cab, and then it pulled the plate up, and it, he would let the rope go, and it went back down. Brilliant. I think now you need just a small motor, a little battery, and a little transponder for it that you, uh, and a button inside, maybe run a wire down there. You could do that with a button, and it would flip the plate down. You need to flip it down, forward, on the front of the truck. Nut. And then once you cross the cameras, then you hit the button and it goes back up so the plate doesn't look like it's being obscured. And anyway, now I don't recommend doing that. You should do it for entertainment purposes only just to see if it works and then immediately take it back off and pay all the proper tolls to the government that so kindly allows us to drive on roads that we've already paid for. So be sure to, uh, to not do anything illegal. Apparently today, port truckers in Los Angeles area are supposed to uh, go on strike for a day to protest AB5. And, and I thought to myself, what? What? They're protesting that. These are the same people that like a week ago, we had, there was an article about them where some of them make 67 cents a week. The one guy showed his paycheck. So he wants the right to continue to make 67 cents a week. I don't even know what to say. So you're going to protest so that you can go to work and not make any money. What they should have done is protest all along. Once they get a 67 cent check, you all walk out and say until these uh, change, you know, until we get the proper money that we're supposed to get, then we'll come back to work. You protest the employer, right, in quotes, since everybody wants to be independent, or whoever you're leasing your truck from. Not the stupid law, you complete freaking morons. So you cannot go to work and tell me, Mark, I don't make any money as an independent out here at the ports, which a lot of them don't. All right. And I know there's many people that are independent, either leased on or own their truck and everything and do very well in trucking. It's totally, totally doable. Okay. But a lot of these port drivers are got a bad deal going on, a bad sitch. That means situation. That's what kids say today. I read that in Teen Beat magazine. Um, and they just, the, some of them are making little to no money. They're griping, oh, we sit four hours in line. They want the ports to be more efficient. How about this? How about just get paid better? Go on strike for better pay from the people that are paying you. You're looking at the wrong side of it. Because even if you go on strike, the government isn't really impacted by this because they get their stuff still the ones that are impacted are the rest of the people you are striking for the wrong reason you're doing the right thing for the wrong reason the other thing i guess i don't understand is going back to work after you get a 67 cent check we gotta have the old uh, sit down there with the old boss rooney and say hey uh 67 cents ain't cutting it 
that's um, a tenth of a gallon of gas out there. One tenth of a gallon. How far would that get your car? I could get about three miles, three and a half miles on the highway with that kind of money. But I got to get back and forth all week to work. So, uh, you know, I'm not going in for 67 cents. I can volunteer all week and at a cat shelter here and only lose 67 cents. Okay, so that's certainly not worth it. And that's where your strike is. Yeah, I'm all for them striking. Absolutely. You don't have to uh, you don't have to go to work if you don't want to in the United States. Turns out 1800s. Right. We told people, hey, no one can force you to provide your labor. So I'm all for it. But not for this reason. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing. Go in there once you're making three dollars a day. Go and gripe about that to your employer and say none of us from your all the people that are leased to you are not coming in until we get this figured out. That's where you do it. People are just so stupid. So our friends at the ATRI, the American Transportation Research Institute, just released a study. Now, they are part of the ATA. Just get that right. And they did a study. They surveyed people 21 to 30 who are currently enrolled in a recently completed an apprenticeship program. I don't know what that means. What is an apprenticeship program? Do they consider like the training at Prime where the trainer is sleeping and you're driving? Is that an apprenticeship program? Um, is it where there's three of you in a truck, the two of you are up front and the trainer is sleeping? Is that how it works like at England? Is that an apprenticeship program uh, where you have soap on a rope? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But what it says... And it said it found that 40% view pay as the top factor only, but 60% consider other factors more important. And that's why, never forget this, that's why companies like these big places want new drivers. They don't want you to come over there with experience because you would like to get paid. New people, especially young people, they're like, uh, I want to make a difference in the world or whatever. That's not what a job is for. A job stinks. You just go there to make money so you can use your time to make a difference in the world doing something else. Okay. But uh, it said, well, uh, what does he say here? Okay. I really, I was also really struck by how many of our younger drivers in interviews said that they thought more transparency would really do a lot in terms of what their responsibilities and would look like. Yeah, duh. How about that? How about be honest with people? And I always tell companies, under uh, sell it and over deliver. So whatever you think a driver is going to make, under sell it. If you say they're going to make sixteen hundred, you should tell people they're going to make fourteen hundred dollars a week. Okay, because they'll be way happier when they come in and make more than they thought they were going to make. I think. That same person, if you told them 1800 and they made 1600 would not be nearly as happy. They'll be like, you told us 1800 So always undersell it and over-deliver on everything that you tell people. 15% of drivers viewed having a stable career as equal to or more important than pay. Look, your career is not at a job, and I tell this for everybody. That job, it doesn't matter if they close tomorrow. Your career is in your wallet. Okay, that little piece of plastic, that's your career. Take care of that, and that will take care of your career. Right now, if you have experience, uh, certainly a year or two two years for sure, and a clean driving record and less than 53,000 jobs, you can pick up the phone or get on the Internet, thank you, Al Gore, and get another job immediately okay with very little problem you could just go right roll right in to a new place without really any problem at all so that's uh, that's the problem 
people think this is because of public schools, as I always say, they drill into your head that job is important. A job doesn't matter at all. You can get another job. There's jobs all over the place. You can go all over and get any kind of job that you want. Uh, so the following, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. They've wanted a stable career. Okay. And then follow what's love of driving only 14%. And that's what I found too. When I was training people on the road, um, I cannot tell you the number of people that didn't like to drive uh, as that was always what I asked them. That's what really attracted me to trucking is I love driving. Okay. And then I find people, uh, do you like driving? No, no, no. Well, why are you here? Oh, uh, my, either my spouse had to tell me to get a job or uh, the factory closed or, you know, something to that effect generally was why uh, people would get into it. Very rarely did somebody said, I always want to be a driver and I love driving. You just didn't find that. You just did not find that at all. I find most people and they're probably all out of the industry or mostly because um, I would kind of explain to people that, you know, if you don't really like driving, um, uh, trucking may not be the place for you. I don't know. Now I'm just saying, I'm like, I'm just saying. You know, something to think about. If you're like, <laughs> you don't like to drive, uh, dry truck driving uh, as a truck driver, just it just might not be the career for you. I'm just, I, you know, I'm just throwing it out there to people. Oh, no, it'll be great. I'm like, um, uh, somebody's like, oh, it'll be great. I used to commute 20 miles in my car. I'm like, yeah, you're going to be doing five, 600 miles a day or more if you want to make some money. Money, as J.J. Walker says out here, you're going to have to really roll some miles. And so uh, your little 20-mile commute is not going to be uh, cutting it. I don't know. I don't know. Work-life balance was next to 10%. I love it. Work-life balance. What is that? Okay, you get that, uh, <laughs> you know, depending on what you do. If you're gone for you know, six weeks at a time and then home for six days, I personally don't consider it a work-life balance. Okay, I don't know. Travel, 7%. They love to travel. That's too right. I'm happy. Uh, that I got to see the whole country, you know, in all uh, 51 states, uh, 51.8 states or whatever it is now. I got to go through all the states, and I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, I'm sure wouldn't get the chance to do that pretty much other any other way. Most people don't ever get that opportunity. Some people that travel around, uh, maybe if they retire, get an RV or whatever, but most people never get through all the states, and I've been through all of them, and um, it's pretty good. I got the whole, you know, that map of the u.s filling they're all filled in for me all the dot in each map so uh i liked it i do like and i like driving and uh, they like new experiences well you'll get that in truck driving you get to meet new and interesting people with new experiences all the time but 84 percent of them found company culture important oh my god the culture at most companies is just to hose you and uh you know make as much money as they can for the company and for some companies if they're public it, they have to, by law, try to do that, and other companies just do it because they uh, weren't, they don't want to. And it said uh, these people that were an apprenticeship dislike cutthroat workplaces and prefer a collaborative environment where they feel part of a team. <laughs> okay, think about that. Think about trucking. Is it, it is a collaborative environment? <laughs> All right, it worked. Oh, my God. And you know what these people sound like? Yes, men and brown nosers. Okay. A lot of people, younger drivers are thinking a bit longer in terms of what carriers realize. All right. I think carriers approach the driver shortage. Now, they say that because this is a part of the ATA, and they say there's a shortage, which, of course, there isn't. When they think that people have a lot of options right now, and they want to give a strong pitch to these young drivers who have, a, have places to go, right? 
uh, these young people are thinking long-term. The long-term thought in trucking, and this is with any career, I think, is you need to think about you, not the company. Because, look, companies close in every industry all the time. Uh, At the mall here, where I saw that truck parked, where was he parked in front of? Sears. Is it a Sears today? No. You know what it is now? An empty building. Why? That building closed. So even people that may have worked at that Sears, and I bought tools and stuff in that Sears before, okay, over the years, because it's only closed a few years ago. Um, people that were in there may have worked there for years. And so if they had put hung their hat on the company, okay, then they have no other plans. Always hang your hat on your own head. Take care of yourself and think, I'm number one here, and I'm taking care of me regardless of the company regardless of the industry i'm in and that's not to say you like you just do you do hose the company you're there to do a good job i always tell people that if you work for they offer to pay you do give 100 percent to that job to the best of your ability top level always give the top level performance and if you don't like working there quit but always do something for you not because oh i think this will further the company because believe me if it goes down and and uh you know everything hits the fan you can be out on your butt just like that and they would care less they could care less they'll fire you just as soon as look at you and that's at every place and oh mark they're all my friends there nobody there's your friend don't make friends at work of the bosses and stuff because they're your boss so i think that uh young people thinking it's a little bit off on stuff like that you know i find you should be in it for you because that's the ultimate thing right i go to work so i can get a paycheck i don't go to work so that work makes more money and their stock goes up and the ceo gets a bonus i don't care about any of that I'm there to, for them to pay me, okay? If what else, whatever stuff they do, I'm not there to improve that because they'll always they bring this stuff up every once in a while. Oh, you guys, uh, you know when you're waiting in line because sometimes we have to wait in. I've waited in line four hours before. When you're waiting in line, you should turn your truck off because it saves the company fuel. I'm like, I don't care. Ninety degrees, I don't care if the company saves fuel. That's not my problem. That's their problem to figure out how to buy the fuel. And over the years, they've said, well, Mark, you know, if uh, you know, if we keep wasting fuel or whatever, the company could close. Oh, I'm like, okay. I said, all right, I'll get a job before I leave the parking lot here. So it wouldn't bother me. Uh, If you guys close, I guess you got all this stuff to sell and everything. It'll take some time. But believe me, I'll be working by tomorrow morning. I'll have to go somewhere where I can talk to somebody and get another job for me. Because I've kept my license clean. And, uh, you know, I have stayed at a place a long time. But that's not necessarily a thing anymore unless you have like a bunch of jobs. But I have a clean record. And uh, so if they close, they close. I don't care. I'll just go work somewhere else. Doesn't make any difference to me. You know, I'm there to make a paycheck for me. And I think that I wish young people would think more like that to do a good job to better themselves, not to better the company. But if the CEO gets a bigger bonus because I say feel what well, I'm going to sit out there and sweat to death, it's just because I'm just in line on the side of a road. OK, sometimes, uh, you know, what am I going to do? Just sit in the truck with the windows open. It's 90 degrees out. And I'm thinking, well, you know what? If I do this, the CEO might get a bigger bonus next year. Maybe the COO will upgrade his Hyundai Genesis to, you know, maybe maybe he could even get a Mercedes next year or something. I mean, I don't care. I don't care. I just want a paycheck for me. So I think that's where young people should go with that kind of stuff. Now, here's something that's like a um, like a bridge. So this this next thing I'm going to talk about, this is like a bridge between trucking and automotive. See how I did that? See how professional does that? That's a little bit of insider backdoor podcast. Oh, speaking of backdoor, the man already. That's a little bit of backdoor stuff there. So, uh, okay, that's how that stuff goes, right? So I wanted to talk to you about this video that I watched from a person who did 
uh, Walmart Spark for one year. Walmart Spark, if you don't know what it is, it's in many cities. They have it here, uh, and it's in a lot of cities. You use your car or SUV or whatever you got. You go you download the Walmart app or whatever. I, I'm not signed up for it, and it's not sponsored or anything. Okay. I've thought about it, but I have never done it. And you then go to Walmart. They send you work to do, and you deliver groceries to people's houses. Okay, and I, you know, I have groceries delivered here through, uh, you know, shipped because it comes from Meyer. But Spark is the same thing. You're working for Walmart. You, well, you actually work for yourself, I guess they would say. You set your schedule. You go to work whenever you want. Of course, it's like Uber, but you're delivering groceries uh, to people. And this person did it for a year. And get this, they made a hundred fifteen thousand dollars gross. Okay, before expenses. And so I thought, man, that is a lot of money. That's, and and the thing is, they put about fifty thousand miles on their car in one year. But think about this: that's still over two dollars a mile. Okay, and I'll tell you what: there are owner operators now at JCT and other companies that do not get two dollars a mile today in a semi. Okay, and so they didn't go through a lot of other numbers. So I went through some other numbers myself to see what does this person really make at the end of the year. So I wanted to include a car payment in there as well. And I think if you put 50,000 miles a year on a car, I would say every three years you need a car. You're going to have 150,000 miles in your car, right? So you can get, for 15,000, you can get a used Civic, low mileage Civic, every three years. That's around around $500 a month, I should say. Okay, around there, you would figure to buy the car and including the car payment and then car insurance, a set of tires every year, gas, 6,000, you know, uh, dollars of gas at 25 miles to the gallon. You need a couple of thousand, you know, uh, I just think that you could, you could, you know, six, eight thousand dollars of gas. Here's what I think at the end of a year with all this. You could probably net out of that and taxes. Now you get to write off almost $30,000 because of the mileage of your car among any other write-offs that you might have, which internet, you've got to have the internet to do that job. You have to have a phone to do that job. So there's a lot of write-offs. So I think you're in the thirty dollars to $35,000 range of write-offs off of the gross. I think you're going to net sixty-five dollars to $70,000 out of that hundred fifteen. I think you spend $45,000 of it to make that kind of money. Now, what do you think about that? Is that good or is that not good? I'll tell you this. If you net, you know, 1300 bucks a week to $1,400 a week net to you at the end of the week and you've been home every day and you chose your hours. Now, she said that she worked 10 to 12 hours per day, usually six days a week. Okay, so she's racking up the hours to get that kind of money. Uh, and I understand that. So you're looking at 60, 70 hours a week, every week. Okay. And, but that's your hours. Cause she said, you know, I could still, if I had to go somewhere or whatever, I could just not work that day. Exactly. What do you think about that? I don't think that's terrible. Now you don't get any benefits with that, but if you were somebody whose spouse had benefits, I don't think that's too bad because most of these, and she turned the ones down, which I would too, where you have to go in the store and pick stuff out. I wouldn't do that, right? Only want orders where you just open your door and they put it in your car, which there are plenty of those to do. So that's why I think these kind of things, Spark 
and um, I wouldn't do shipped because they all go do the shopping. Uber and Lyft and all these. I do think that if you're willing to put the time in, you can make it. Now, if, yeah, Mark, we put 50,000 miles on their car. All right, but I figured that in. I figured buying a car every three years that it's got, you know, 20 or 30,000 miles on it. And I figured that in already. I already figured that into the to the figurations there. So you don't have to worry about that. So I figure every three years you buy a car and you just use the car for that. And you get to write all the miles off on that car. And will it require some maintenance and stuff? Yeah, but you know, that's what I think you could do. Certainly, certainly 1300 a week net, 65 grand. I don't think that's terrible money. And you've that's after you've paid taxes of probably 30,000 bucks, 20,000, 30,000 dips depends. I still think you can, I think that's not bad. I just want to bring it up that there's always other options in case you are somewhere and, you know, don't want to drive or can't drive for a while or something. I think there are other options for people to do that can still get you through. And this might not be a bad idea because we had a person on the show that was, um, that had an SAP problem. So they had gotten a positive on and put on the clearinghouse. And once you do that, I will tell you, it's very hard to get a job. This might not be a bad way to do it if you've got a car. Now, if you have, it's right here in Indiana, the car has to be 15 years old, but it can be any kind of car. It can be a two-door or whatever. So if you've got a car that's 15 years or newer, it'll you can do it on Spark and start making some money right away. It's pretty good that you could run 70 hours a week. Many drivers do this over the road anyways and net that kind of money at the end of the week and set your own schedule. I don't think it's a bad deal. There's a couple other things to consider about this. One is um, that you kind of got to lie about about what you're doing when you uh, get the car to the people that lend you the money if you're buying the car on credit and to your insurance company. So every car loan that I've ever taken and that I've ever done at a dealership when I was selling cars was, it's for personal use. That's right on there. You agree to it. So you can commute with it, right? That's personal use, but you can't use it for work. You can't deliver pizzas with it, and you can't deliver Walmart with it. You can't use it for Uber, none of that. So the loan can be called, although I've never heard of places really doing that. Number two, insurance, your car insurance. All right, your car insurance, same thing, personal use. So you can commute in your car, you can take your car on a vacation, whatever, personal use. You can't get paid to use the car. Once you start using the vehicle, paid, you got different insurance. You can insure them. There are places that do it. Progressive's one of them. And there's a couple of insurance companies that are popped up now for rideshare people. So you can get insurance. That is possible. It was harder to do years ago. You can do it now. And the other thing is warranty. Okay. So when you buy a car, a newer car has a warranty, again, personal use. And I, this, I do know of many cases of this where people have gone in and and I tell people, take this stuff off their car, but they don't. So they'll have an Uber or a Lyft sticker or that little light thing in there, the mustache or whatever. And they're like, nope, no warranty. And they write as soon as they write it in the computer, you're done. Because it's personal use only. That's what the warranty's for. It's not a commercial vehicle. So if you're willing to, uh, to do that, here's another option. Think about this. Think about it. Are you ready to think? Think about it. Mercedes. Okay. If you buy a certified used Mercedes, their warranty is one year or unlimited miles. Bumper to bumper, like Doug says. And you can extend that for up to three years. So if you bought the car and then you extend the warranty, 
you get an unlimited mileage warranty for three years on a used certified used Mercedes. Now I couldn't find one in the $18,000 range, but you can find them in the low 20s. Okay, you can get an A-Class in the low 20s, like a CLA or something like that. Or uh, uh, even some Cs, but they have more miles on them, but it doesn't matter because you have this warranty. And so the car's more, but you're riding around in a nicer car, and it's fully covered by Mercedes for the whole time, as long as you lie to them about what you're doing. So you'll have to take that into consideration. Because if they find out about it, they can cancel your warranty and call the loan. And you don't want that, or repo the car if you can't pay the loan off. So... Those are other things to consider, but I think those are pretty interesting ways to uh, certainly to do it. Now, have you seen what they're doing here? Somebody set up a website, which I wish I was smart enough to do, where they're tracking all these dealer markups on cars. So as we know, dealers are marking up cars ten, eight, twenty thousand dollars, and so Ford has been a big one. GM has come out and started clamping down on it too, and said, "Hey, do not do this stuff." Okay. Do you know how they're getting around it now? All right. So in Indianapolis, there's a car dealer that has a Mustang Mach-E, which I almost vomit saying Mustang in the same terms of that, for sale. And it has, it's used and it has seven miles on it. So I started looking into this. What dealers are doing now to get around this thing with Ford and other makers is they're buying the car new at sticker price. They're paying Ford. So this thing's 60000 uh, bucks. Okay, new for this one. Because you know how I know that? There's a window sticker. <laughs> it says click here for the window sticker. But it's used. It's a used car. They want $87,000 for it used. They titled it, okay, on the Carfax. So they're just buying it new from Ford at sticker. So they're telling Ford, hey, we sell new cars at sticker price. Okay, and then they're selling it as a used car with seven miles on it for more money so ford isn't privy to that what do you think about that and this is happening all over the country and what happens when you buy a used car of course is you get the remainder of the factory warranty and this car will sell right away so you're going to lose a couple weeks and it's only got seven miles on it and you'll still get 336 and 560 minus however long between the time it's titled and the time you get the car a week or two right now considering how fast cars are going but this way they're not getting in trouble from uh, the manufacturer by selling the cars with a markup over sticker. They're just getting the car in and just buying it. And straight up, then re rather than trying to sell the new car for 87 okay, they're giving Ford 60 and selling a used car for 87 Ford's like, okay, you're selling your cars at sticker price. And once you go around the country, right, just pick any large dealership and go look at their used cars. And you're going to find some of them that are low, that are 10 miles, 15 miles. That's what they're doing. They are buying them new and then selling them used. Now, look, right, libertarian, that's okay with me because uh, you don't have a right to buy a car at any certain price. So whatever price they can get, they can get. And I will tell you that people are buying them for that. Uh, I saw the same thing with a Maverick, okay, $47,000 for a used Maverick. Okay, it's like 15,000 over sticker on that one because this one's a loaded one. Uh, 15, 20,000 over sticker, same thing. So like 14 miles on it. They did the same thing. But if somebody's willing to pay for it, what is the problem with that? Why is the, certainly the government doesn't get involved in it, but, you know, Ford gripe about it or whatever. Look, 
If it's worth that much, Ford ought to raise the price. <laughs> if they can, if the dealership can sell those Machis all day at eighty-seven thousand, Ford should sell them for eighty-seven thousand dollars and get in on the extra money, rather than uh, you know letting the dealership pocket all that money because the dealership is going to end up making more money than the manufacturer does on that car. They don't make any twenty grand on a sixty thousand dollar car. I mean, some, they probably make six, eight grand on that car at the most on a car for that much money the uh the uh, manufacturer they're not going to make the 20 that the dealer's going to make and that's going to be a sweet deal for the salesman <clears throat> depending how they have that uh structure but if say they have 60 in it that's how they would say it and they're at eighty-seven thousand. we have twenty-seven thousand dollars of profit on the car okay and so you're going to make you know 50 what five about uh sixty five hundred dollars at 25 percent right in there seven thousand dollars on that kind of profit what do you think about that for the salesman for the salesman it's a good time to be a car salesman right now uh they'll probably pack it a few thousand or whatever so it'll make six thousand sixty two hundred dollars on that on a selling a used car not bad not bad for the salesman um if you sell maybe a couple cars a month that way you know and even when i was selling cars this was a long time ago there were salesmen making a hundred grand selling cars it, you can do it can't but it's all they make it all on the used cars they make very little on new cars it's all money to be made on the used cars because the you know you never know how much the dealer has in the car you can negotiate the new car because they post how much you can easily look up what they pay for it you don't know what they paid for a used car it's all in the used cars but i could see that car bringing a salesman six to seven thousand dollars in commission that's not a bad day to uh to be a car salesman it's steak dinner for him or and or her that night. Now it's time to get our passports out for our international travel as we head outside of Anchorage, Alaska. All right, the final frontier, as it's called. And we find out we find our subject with a crime already in progress, as the police have been called by numerous fishermen and bystanders <laughs> that. And the police come out and look and find that what they were saying is true and that there is a man in a, quote, fairly realistic, unquote, bear costume harassing the other bears in the area. I do not know what they mean by harassing. He Was he calling them names? Hey, fatty, fatty bear bobatty. Was he, uh, hey, your mom is so fat. Was he doing that kind of thing? Uh, you know, was he just being a nuisance? I don't know. And uh, uh, I don't care. So the police uh, approach him. And apparently he tries to make like he's an actual bear for a few minutes, but realizes that the police are on to him. And he is what they say, obviously intoxicated. <laughs> and said he is tired of the bears meshing, meshing. He's tired of the bears messing with all the fish, <laughs> so, as bears do, it, which I always found funny as a side note that there'll be fishermen there with $8,000 of equipment trying to catch a fish and a bear just walks out in the river and just flicks one out of the water. So I think that's quite humorous. Uh, probably the bear does as well. <laughs> so, so they arrest this guy. Apparently, there's some kind of fishing game law that you can't go harass bears you know, purposely harass them when they're not bothering you. So, so they take him and his bear suit into jail. And what I assume is there's probably an above ground cinder block apartment available because you can't dig into the permafrost there. That is probably quite cold in the wintertime and it's waiting for someone to rent it right now. 
Meanwhile, this guy's being so fed, you know, frozen dry cheese sandwiches in Alaska on our dime. Well, on our international dime in euros um, because we're overseas. So it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I don't understand it. Drinking never seems to improve people's lives. And um, personally, I don't drink and don't recommend people do it. So and, and apparently, where do you get a realistic, a fairly realistic bear costume at? Uh, you know, what is he doing with that? There's a lot of questions that have yet to be answered. Believe me, there's some girlfriend in the background that probably provided him with a cell phone at some point, which I'm also disappointed at, of course. So I invite everybody to uh, go check out the YouTube channel, the Trucking Answers, where we have uh, do some fun and frivolity and some live shows. And uh, be sure to subscribe and tell your friends about this podcast, all right? So uh, mark at truckinganswersnation.com if you want to get in touch with me. That's the way to do it. Uh, we will see you on the next podcast.